I don't Gigi. know. We good? Gigi, are you ready? Okay. Good morning. I'm going to take these off so I can see my notes. This morning's text is found in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. And it says, And they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're a good God that you're a good, good father. You pour your grace upon us to do your works for the rest of the family that's not here with us yet. So we thank you for your long-suffering. And I ask you to open the ears so they can hear what's being spoken this morning. And I ask you to give me a clear speech so that it can be understood. Thank you, Father. Okay, so the Bible says, And they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. I look at this passage and I have several questions that come to mind. Who did they overcome? Who did they overcome? Well, if I look at verse 10, just previous to it, it says, they overcame the accuser of the brethren. Okay, so that's who they overcame. That would be the devil, Satan, who's constantly going around accusing you and me of being not worthy of what God's already done in us. Okay? Second question is, who is the target? And I just said that. It's you and I. We're all his targets. He wants nothing more than just to destroy us and get rid of us. So what's necessary to overcome the accuser? Verse 11 tells us the blood of the Lamb. Do you have the blood of the Lamb applied to your life? Are you saved? Do you know Him? That's the first thing you need. That's the very first thing you need. Without that, we're not going anywhere else. The blood is what's applied when I repent of my sinful ways and ask God to forgive me. Okay, so that's when it gets done. But the second item that says that's necessary is the word of their testimony. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And if you have any questions around what I just said, come and see me. Come and see the elders. Come and see the pastors. If you don't know what I just said, and this makes no sense to you, come and see us. We'll be more than happy to get you grounded. Okay? Now, by simple deduction logic, 
It seems to me that a believer who has already had the blood of the Lamb applied to their life, the only thing that's necessary for them to overcome is their testimony. Is their testimony. Because the rest is done. Now please notice one item. It's my testimony that's important. It's your testimony individually that's important. It's not Pastor Lonnie and Kathy's testimony. It's a personal, oops, sorry about that. It's a personal item, okay? Each one of us has a very specific testimony that applies to no one else. Now, I'll give you a couple more scriptures to look at, but there's a lot more than these, but I'll just give you three. John fourteen twenty three. if a man loves me, he will keep my words. Okay, so you need to know what your testimony is. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. go ye and teach all nations. Dan just told us it was going to happen. Mark 16, same thing. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel. But it starts with your testimony. Let's dig into this a little bit deeper. The Apostle Paul, or excuse me, Peter, writes that we should always be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What is the hope that is in you? That you're going to spend eternity with God. I've asked that question in many places and I got all kinds of answers, but usually not the right one, which is scary. That means that we don't know what's in the scriptures. We're not well grounded. That's 1 Peter 3.15. Or if you prefer, Paul writes that we should let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you should answer every man. So what's your answer? Your answer is your testimony. It's your story. Now, this message this morning is a how to do things. Okay? So I'm going to give you some things on how to put your testimony together so you have one. So the question is, how do I prepare to give the word of my testimony? Or if you prefer, give an answer for the hope that's within me. Number one, I strongly suggest you write it down. Write it down. The purpose for writing it down is to help you focus on what it is that the Lord's given you. Okay? It's not a matter of 
going off and memorizing what you write down, and I'll get to that in a moment, but it's to help you to focus what it is the Lord has given you and what he's taken you out of. Okay? And it's a whole lot simpler than you think it is. Some of you might think, oh, I'm not much of a writer. It's your story. You know it. Now just write it out so that when it comes time to give an answer, you go, oh, I forgot everything. No, you've already practiced it. You've written it down. It'll come. Now, first part, you give an intro. Okay, so you start off your testimony with something like, um, what was my life before I came to know the Lord? Start with that question. What was your life like? And I'll give you my testimony in a minute so you get an example. Okay? And then once you do that piece, the second part is transition. What was my life after I was born again? That's your testimony. Where was I before I knew the Lord? Where am I now? Okay? Now, here's a couple of things you need to remember. First rule, always remember this. It's your story they want to hear, not someone else's. Okay? There's a verse of scripture just came to mind, the sons of Sceva, okay, where the devil did a real big number on them because they went and said, we preach the Jesus that Paul preaches. It wasn't theirs, it was someone else. They want to hear your story, not someone else's. That's the first point. You should be able to give your testimony in two minutes or less. Why? Attention span for people is two minutes or less. And I think the number's getting smaller. Okay? So, a one-pager should be sufficient. Okay? Now, if they want to know more after you've given you, after you've given your testimony, if you want to, if they want to know more, they're going to ask you. It's wide open. If they don't want to know more, they'll say, thank you, and it's done, and you're, okay? But you've planted the seed. Two minutes or less. Your story. Must keep it on the positive side. Okay? If there's not a piece of encouragement that's in there, why would I want to follow Jesus? Okay? Why would I want to follow Jesus? Keep it positive. This is what he's done for me. I was like this. I'm now like this. Okay? Yeah, they don't need any more negative. They got plenty of it on the news. Keep it positive. Now, writing it out will help you to focus 
as you start to begin to recognize God's hand that's already been in your life. Okay? So you're going to see that God's hand has actually been on your life, and you'll see that you haven't just been sitting on the pews waiting every Sunday, but actually God's been moving you. So that's an encouragement for yourself. Now, once it's written, practice. Practice. Go find someone that you know, someone in the church, and give your testimony. That'll help you to memorize it so that it comes out freely, but it'll also take out the jitters. Okay, if you've spoken it a few times to a few folks, you're going to go, oh, not so bad. I didn't fall flat on my face. Okay, so practice. And lastly, have fun with it. Have fun with it. Okay, because now you've got a positive message to give someone. Your own life. You can tell them how they've gone from here to there and what it's meant. So have fun with it. Um, Yeah, I'll do this part first. No, I'll give you my testimony first. I grew up in a very religious area. Okay, the church I went in, it was very religious and it was based on works. So my way to salvation when I was first there was what I called a ledger approach to winning heaven. So you had two columns. One that was good, one that was bad. You did something good, you put it over here. You did something bad, you put it over there. If they were balanced, you were okay. Here's the problem. What do you do with the things you're not sure if they were good or bad? So just to be sure, you put them in the bad column, right? Well, that gets pretty overwhelming. That gets pretty overwhelming. So then I went to college. Well, in college, the key focus was get pleasure. So on Friday night, uh, excuse me, Thursday night, we would get together, have a few beers, we'd have a party, We'd have a grand old time. Ask me on Friday morning when we got up how much of a good time we had. Oh, it was wonderful. Couldn't remember a thing. Okay? But that's how it shifted. And then I got a job. Had a brother who had cancer. Got involved in martial arts. And the focus changed to get power. Okay? So get power. Well, power comes in two forms. The physical, but also the spiritual. And the martial arts on the spiritual side is to get a spirit guide. Not a good thing. So started going down that path. That's when the Lord says, far enough, come here. And I had a couple of people, had a couple of folks that I ran into um, one of the guys I ran into was uh, a Baptist. No idea what that was. All I knew was somebody who prays for people. And he did. And that's 
one of the reasons why I was plucked out. Okay? And after the Lord plucked me out and I found Jesus Christ, then there was a peace. There was always turmoil before that. Am I following the Spirit guide well enough? These things I'm not too sure. Do I put it in this column or that column? There was always that turmoil. You weren't sure where things fit. We're doing okay or not. When I found the Lord, I had the peace. I didn't have to deal with it because he had already done it. Okay? It's my testimony. What's yours? After. Okay, after. Before you're ready to give your testimony, you need to really know and understand that God loves people more than you do. Okay? For those of us that grew up with the mentality that God's going to get you. If you do something wrong, he's going to put his thumb on you. That's not him. That's not him. That's a lie from the pit. Okay? The scripture tells us a thief only a thief is only there to steal, kill and destroy. I came so that you can have real and eternal life. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. That's John 10.10. 10. So you want to know who's going to get you? The thief. Scripture tells us very clearly it's the thief. Because God wants to give us a better life. A better life. And the enemy of our soul doesn't want that. So understand, God loves people more than we do. Um, yeah, the truth is that Satan, the devil, is the one that's out to get you. Uh, our real enemy is Satan. Oh, Peter also tells us to be sober, to be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Okay, and that's 1 Peter 5.8. So if you come from a religious background and your thinking is, if I don't do things just right and I don't toe the line, God's going to get me. You're believing a lie. You need to deal with it. You need to understand, God loves people, God loves you, God loves me more than I can love anyone, okay, including my parents and my wife and my friends, okay? His love is much better, much stronger than mine. Now, we've just gone through the process and we have our testimony, we're ready. Well, we need to understand a few things. We have to come to understand that God desires that none should perish. Okay? He's not willing 
that any should perish. He knows some will, hopefully not too many, but his desire is that they come with him. Okay, so understand that in your motivation when you're giving your testimony. Um, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now we can talk about watering, we can talk about increase, but that's not what the message is about. The message is planting seed, which is your testimony. So I'm going to continue down that path, but understand there's the other path as well. Um, okay, so now we have some seed to sow. We have a testimony. We have something we can sow. Okay, we have something we can plant. Jesus tells us in the parable of the soils that there's four kinds of soils. There's a soil that's by the road. There's the soil, the rocky soil. There's the soil and it has the thorns. But there's good soil. Now, as a good farmer, I'm going to plant my seed. Yeah, I understand. I'm not on the farm. I'm more of a city slicker. But as a farmer, I want to be able to plant my seed in good soil. I want it prepared. How do I prepare the soil? What do I do? Plow it. Plow it. Okay, but in the spiritual, how do I do that? You do that through prayer. You do that through prayer. You ask the Lord. Okay, and and here's a typical prayer. Father, I ask you to prepare the soil, to open the eyes of, and if you want someone specific... Mention their name. Okay, now understand. When we were asking the Lord to open their eyes, if they're unsaved, hopefully that's who we're praying for, uh, their eyes are shut because the enemy doesn't want them to see. So we're asking the Lord to open their eyes so that we can plant. Okay? But understand, they make the choice. Okay, so their eyes might be open, but they make their choice. If you plant the seed, their eyes are open, and they say no, their eyes are closed again. Now, we've been taught not to pray in unbelief, you know, constantly rattling off the same prayers in unbelief. But if they went from their eyes open to closed, that's a new prayer. That's not praying in unbelief, that's praying... Lord, open their eyes again. Open their eyes again. Now, that's one type of prayer. And I just skipped over a ton of notes. All right. So the first one is to pray for someone you know. That's what we were just talking about. Second type of prayer. Ask the Lord to give you a divine appointment. What's a divine appointment? Okay, a divine appointment is someone that the Lord has already prepared the soil. I might have prayed, Lord, can you open the eyes of my brother 
and send someone to him that will plant the seed and show him your love for him. Well, that prayer is part of preparing the soil for someone else. That's a divine appointment. So one is one side of the coin. The other is the other side of the same coin. Okay? So prayer can go both, prayer does go both ways. Um, yeah. Third prayer. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. It says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers in the harvest. Pray for yourself to be one of those that have been enlisted into the harvest. Okay, that you're a participant. Thank the Lord that you can participate in his harvest. Okay? Now, don't be discouraged. If you get some no's, God's given us all free will. Okay? So it's not an affront to you. It's a choice that they're making. It's a choice that I got to make. When the Lord brought those individuals that gave me the message, I could have said no. As a matter of fact, later I asked the Lord about that, and he said, well, you said no here, 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 here. And you might not want to know that. So if you get a no, don't take it as you have failed. But if you do get a yes, rejoice. And understand that anything that gets planted does eventually grow. Okay? So it may not happen right away, but it will eventually grow. What was that? Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I want to remind you, our weapon against the accuser of the brethren is our testimony. The Lord's already done the first part. If you're born again, the blood's been applied to you, it's already done. But we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. Okay? And I want to end with this, June 24 and 25. And now to him who can keep you on your feet, standing tall in his bright presence, fresh and celebrating, to our God, our only Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Master, be glory, majesty, strength, power, and rule before all time, now into the end of time. That's a prayer over all of you. Pastor?